Vincent gets him out now, and here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios, running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60, the locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house, Fortress Golden 60. 50 metres to go, two lengths in front. I'm Thunderstruck, needing to get there. Alligator blood tiring. I'm Thunderstruck over the top, rumbling. and takes the lead but Mr Brightside's challenging Mr Brightside up to Alligator Blood Cascadian late Mr Brightside in front and Mr Brightside has won the mile from Cascadian the inevitable Zaki joined by Animo who looks destiny in the face at the 150 Animo takes the lead from Zaki Alligator Blood on Thunderstruck but it's Animo clear on Thunderstruck late Animo holding on Animo this time for the big A what a from Wicks down the middle, Kingswell Dream at the 100, it's getting desperate, now Wicks is storming home, Wicks over the top, Ice is too good, but can't beat her. G'day punters and welcome back to the Racing Previews podcast. The very much anticipated HKIR podcast. We've got a very, very special guest joining us. Bit of a king of Hong Kong, Hachi. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, how's the week going for you? It's been a topsy-turvy week so far, I can assure you of that, but it's great to be back in Hong Kong. Uh, enjoyed catching up with a lot of people. Um, Wednesday night was great. Uh, we didn't start the night with too many winners, but we closed off with one with J-Mac and Good to see Vincent Ho win uh, the IJC. But, no, I'm enjoying being back. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I think we're in for a bit of a treat. I thought all four of the uh, the international group ones look look special in their own right. We're going to see some brilliant clashes. It's a shame that we don't have that Australian uh, representation. But I suppose we've got West Wind Blows going there, don't we, for the for the Vars. That's something that we can half cling on to. But, no, really looking forward to it. Yeah, Absolutely. Will, Nico, you're back in the seat and uh, you're joining us. How are you looking forward to this meeting this Sunday? Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I'm just hoping for your sake that it's 60 wins because I've been there and done it all before watching my favourite horse in the flesh. Nature Strip, that is Hutch, <laughs> four times in the flesh for duck eggs. So uh, <laughs> I just pray Benny doesn't have to endure what I've endured four times, unfortunately. But um, yeah. Yeah, they say they say you can't barrack in racing, but uh, that's all going out the window this weekend for me. <laughs> Hutch, it is a bit like get... that. So is Golden Sixty your favourite? Uh, oh, absolutely. That, yeah. He, um, yeah, I actually got a pair of silks signed by Vincent um, oh, nice. and and Francis on, on Wednesday night. So they'll they'll be going straight to the the pool room back home uh, in and in a frame. So hopefully he gets the chocolates. <laughs> this, uh, 
this Sunday. I don't know if All you right. boys have. I don't know if you boys have seen the the owner of Romantic Warrior has his own bar that he's built in his house. So uh, it's like a, it's pays homage to Romantic Warrior. So he's got photos of all over the wall. That that'd, the that'd be the uh, ultimate goal, wouldn't it? Oh, that's yeah. yeah. Is that Peter? Is it? Yes, Peter Lau. Yeah, cool. All right, so. Conditions firstly, Hutch. Um, we're thinking it's going to be a warm day on Sunday. Uh, track firm, maybe not as firm as, say, a Japan, but is it sort of like a good three in terms of Australia? And then obviously the rail in the A course position, that's just true? The, uh, the rail on the A is the true. Now, more often than not every year, it generally favours those run-on types. The rail's not necessarily brilliant. It would be a good three, between a three and a four probably. Good cover of grass out there. The weather's been unbelievable this week in Hong Kong, so they'll have perfect conditions. And it's actually the best, um, I think it's the fairest kind of rail placement and, and gives most of them their chance as well. So um, you can lead and win, of course, but it's it's not a massive pattern. But for whatever reason, in years gone by, when they go back to this rail position, and I think you have to really follow that in Hong Kong, like year in, year out, the climate is normally pretty accurate the, the tracks at a similar stage in terms of how it's being prepared and you know the traffic that's on it going into it so yeah they go back into the true and no no disadvantage at this kind of meeting if you're drawn a little bit wider and you like that three wide trail it um, wouldn't be the worst spot to be awesome that's uh could be good news for 60 fans all right let's go straight to the first group one we're going in chronological order race four is the group one vase 2400 meters and we know all of these races are obviously wait for age the jap the three-year-old i probably should start off by saying we had a key scratching with shariar um the other morning so it was the equal favorite it's come out leban still is the three dollar favorite from warm heart 460 zafiro five dollars west wind blows 750 geraldina 750 and junko 13 dollars now, Hutch, this has been a race dominated by the Japanese and the Europeans in recent times. Are you thinking that will be the case again? I think there's a very good chance, yeah. I mean, it's which way you go. And if uh, if sort of tips around the track or the, the, the whispers with the two three-year-olds, they look like they've uh, got plenty of fans, both Warmheart and Levin still. And they're really interesting runners, whichever way you look at them, aren't they? They're sort of improving lightly raced horses. In years gone by, yeah, the you know the Europeans would really target this race with like a three-year-old filly, and they got that weight allowance, and it you know obviously they're getting the weight allowance here, and it is significant because ultimately, in what is it another three weeks or four weeks they're going to turn four, so it's it's quite a good penalty or quite a good you know um, amount of weight that they receive given that they're nearly that age. So that aside, I think they they bring interesting form. We interviewed, I interviewed Damien Lane last week with Levin still, and um, I know he's not riding. Joe Moreira will be riding, but he mentioned that he thought that uh, he had very good form and he was progressing the right, right way, looked a bit untapped. I was particularly impressed with his last win. And it's an easier trip for a lot of the Japanese. You know, it's only a three-hour flight. They, mm. they can get here. Um, they settle in well. He looks, he looks fantastic, and I'd imagine he'll go close and moving on to warm heart. Well, overall... Form speaks for itself. Got that that elite form, and uh, Ryan Moore in the saddle for Aiden O'Brien. So not hard to like that horse. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do like the favourite here, Levin Steel. It's interesting to note that he's had six starts, and five of them were over eighteen hundred metres. Uh, he went to twenty two hundred metres last time, and he looked really, really good. He beat a decent one in in Sol Oriens, another smart Japanese three year old, and 
as you said, Hutch, according to all the track work reports, he's working the house down. Joe Moreira, no shot in back to front. I think he's won this race three times to Tono Crown and Glory Vars times two. So I think I'm going to be in his corner around the $3 mark. Uh, warm heart. Ryan Moore gets down to 53 kilos. That's a decent push. I don't think he gets down to that sort of weight very often. And obviously West Wind Blows gets J-Mac on, on board, which is a fair gear change. But I probably couldn't have him here. I think I'm going to stick with the Japs. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. And with, with Warm Heart, I mean, they went to the Breeders' Cup. Of course, they, they ran second there, but Aiden's done that with a lot of horses and, and carried on. And the one thing that'll, if you did want to make a bit of a case, I know Ryan, they had this race targeted some some time ago, so they knew they were coming here. It's not an afterthought. Um, he realised he had to get down to that weight some while ago. So they've tar- they have targeted this race and the same Blevins still. And the word... Uh, I haven't heard it from Joe myself, but from a good source that he thinks this horse is pretty special and uh, will be hard to beat. So that being the case, that might be enough. Yeah. And he also rode Zafiro last start. So that's, that's a bit of a push that he's uh, chosen the three-year-old. Yeah, I think Zafiro is a really interesting runner. I mean, you know, the the form reads where you got Damien Lane and um, Frosty's a, a fantastic rider. Gee, no one's riding better than him at the moment. And He's got this great association with the with the Japanese as well, and I think that horse looks really well. I mean, he, he's going to be in the thick of it. It's hard to know with Levin still where the ceiling is, and I think that's half the attraction. But mm. you know, Zafiro, Zafiro's sort of been there and done it, and you know, brings very good form from uh, from Japan and proven over the trip. So there's plenty of positives. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to race five. It is the Hong Kong Sprint over 1200 meters. Lucky Swainess is the dollar ninety favorite. Courtesy of Bet365, Wellington $6, Highfield Princess $7.50, uh, Victor the winner $10 with J-Mac, Mad Cool $12, Aesop's Fables uh, $12 also. Hutch, last year's winner, the defending champ Wellington gets the blinkers on first time. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, it's a good move. I like it. Um, you know, he's got to find a little bit. I know, I know he ran well first up and it was after a break. He usually races well fresh. He, I don't think he's where he probably was um, judged on his last sort of half a dozen performances. Lucky Swainess seems to have his measure. But that said, as we saw last year when he got a, the better run in the race and, and Lucky Swainess didn't, um, it, uh, you know, you you can still capitalise. And, and he's Lucky Swainess hasn't been that much better than him overall. So definitely case to be made. And if he finds that length or two, it might be enough. Mm, yeah. And we know Wellington isn't going his best, but Lucky Swain S probably isn't going his absolute best right now. What do you think you put that down to? We know he he had 10 runs last season. He won eight, which uh, equaled Beauty Generation's record. Do you think he's a bit of a tired horse, out of form, or do you think he can improve here and show somewhere near his best? Well, I he did have an arduous campaign last season. There's no question about that. So it was a long, prolonged campaign, and you know it, it was an incredible season for him. I was surprised that actually that they came back and ran in the on the effectively the opening day. Well, it was the opening day in the HKSAR Chief Executives Cup because it's not really a race that the better sprinters target. It's normally, you know, the handicap at the start of the season where a couple of them are trying to get up the ratings so that they can be in these sorts of races later in the season. So I thought, gee, you're competing now and your main goal's in December. It's going to be a pretty big ask given that in that race you had to you know, lump around top weight against a, a few of them as well. So it was never going to be easy for him. But look, um, he does need to improve. He's not He's not where he was. 
But that said, uh, his recent work's been a lot better. I'm hearing that they're, they're very, very happy with him now and they feel he might have turned the corner. I think the barrier's perfect. You didn't want to really draw one, two or three. Things mm. that can just stalk the speed. I think a really important runner in this race is Jasper Crone for the Japanese because Victor the winner was going to get a soft lead if Jasper Crone wasn't in it. Now, the fact that he's in it and they can stretch out a little bit gives me a little bit of confidence with Lucky Swainess. Um, worked brilliantly the other day from uh, some reliable track reporters that uh, give me the info and had a look at it myself, but they were very happy with him. So I'm expecting him to improve. He doesn't need to improve a lot, but you're right. He, he's been a couple of lengths off his best. So there has to be that nagging doubt, a little bit in the back of your mind thinking, well, is he where he needs to be? I, I'm banking the fact that he is. I think he's in, you know, his recent work's really improved and um, I think he gets the right run and I like the speed in the event. I think it sets up really well for him. Do you yeah, reckon it's because uh-huh. it's been he's been in slowly run races. It's just uh, yeah, that, I think that, been that, that, that's been a fair that's a fair call too. You know, um, you know they've been sort of sprint homes, and he's been having to, uh, and he's got a great turn of foot. But yeah, it's sort of flattered. It's hard to win by a big margin when you go slow because you're not that much better than the mm. rest of them. But um, I know they're very happy with Victor the winner. I mean, he might be the forgotten horse a little bit, which he shouldn't be because he's. Um, you know, his form's very good and it took Lucky Swainess uh, a large portion of the straight to run him down last start. So, But it, he, he would have been a really interesting runner had uh, Jasper Crone not been in the race. Just the fact that he won't... He doesn't need to lead one out, but if he can dictate on his own terms, he was going to be a great chance and very hard to run down. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm going to take on Lucky Swainess just from a price point of view. I don't think he's going that well. I'm... I understand all the track reports and stuff are saying that he's going a little bit better. But to me, even when he was at his prime, he was only a couple of lengths better than them. And I think it's an even sort of an even playing field if he's not near his best. Yeah, Wellington's not going too well, but the shades go back on. And I'm happy to have something on Victor, the winner as well. J-Mac on. Um, and yeah, he's been super this, this preparation. So I'm happy just to have a small investment on those two horses. And if the champ comes out and beats me, well, so be it. But... Yeah, I think with your lucky, with your Victor the winner. I mean, he's I didn't I don't know what he is now, but he was a pretty attractive place price. You could even sort of go two dollars sixty to win. Yeah, one by two. There you go. One I mean, by he's, three. He's paying a, yeah, he's paying a better price, uh, a place dividend than the, the favourite is a win. Yeah. So you know, it's hard, hard to see him not being there for a long way and going very close. The only other slight negative is, like I said, about that rail position. The run-ons can can uh, can prove hard to run down, but. Um, no, he'll run well for sure, and they're very happy with him. Yeah. I think I'm going to be with Lucky Swain S. I think Barrier 5 is just the perfect alley for him because he's a horse who can be a little bit slowly away, and then he usually musters speed. And he's probably just going to find the 1-1 here for fun or sort of outside lead, and I think he's just going to prove extremely hard to beat. Um, Victor the winner, I agree, is a great place chance, but Lucky Swain S actually meets him two kilos better at the weights from last start as well, which is is worth noting. Uh, Wellington carried equal weights with him last start, so he doesn't get any weight off him. But I think Lucky Swainess is the one to beat. If we get even money, I think that is a good bet. All right, what let's about move Highfield on to... Princess? Did you talk about her? She's worth mentioning, but... <sighs> yeah, I just... I said, I've said on... Uh, we recorded our show, I think, yesterday, and I mentioned on that. The thing... She's got as good of sprinting form as you can get from the UK, but year after year, they bring that to Hong Kong and it doesn't seem quite good enough. Um, it's very hard to come here and compete. And I think if they were going to have someone come from overseas, 
they've had the odd Japanese entrant that come over and do it, but I think you know, obviously Shitakura in the chairman sprint that he came over uh, in the races at the end of April. But I think the Aussie sprint is the ones that would probably give them a more of a run for their money, and there's a bit of a void at the moment. So, uh, mm. you know, maybe maybe they want to target something there. It's hard in Australia because we've got so much prize money up for grabs, but um, I'd, I'd be happy to take her on at that price. Yeah, she's also drawn a little bit awkward in, in nine. All right, let's move on to race seven. It is the Hong Kong Mile. Golden 60s won it twice, but last year, California Spangle got the chocolates and upset the champ. He's the $2.70 favourite, is Golden 60s. He's drawn 14 of 14. Beauty Eternal, last start winner, $6. California Spangle, $7. Seraphos, $13. Soul Rush, $13. And Beauty Joy, $13. Should probably mention Namur as well at $13. But Hutch. He is unbeaten six out of six first up Golden 60, and it, it's a bit of a bold play to come here first up, but he was beaten second up in the race last year. Are they just thinking he was a potentially a little bit flat that day? Um, perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, I know Vincent feels like he always goes better fresh, but I think he's been – I know – and his fresh record's impeccable, as you mentioned, six from six, but he's also – this is a longer break than he's, than he's used to. He's an older horse. Um, he's been given a – I think Francis Lloyd's got him about as fit as you can have him with the prep that he's given him, but he still doesn't have that race hardness with him. Um, and and when you look at his ratings, he's still, on my stuff, got produced higher numbers deeper into the preparation. So I think I'm not I'm not completely sold that, you know, he, you know he's just a fresh horse or, 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 you know, he goes better first up than second up. I, a lot of those races that he was competing in first up were smaller fields, um, you know, and they they were sort of easy. Well, not easy, but, you know, it, it wasn't a difficult assignment for him. And often second up, he was he was going into an international race or whatever. So, yeah, you know, look, he'll still run a race. I mean, I'm, I'm, my heart's going to be cheering him home. I, you know, what a superstar he's been. It would be an amazing training performance if he can get him to win this after all those days off. Um, but my head's telling me, Look, he's uh, he's having a big gap between runs. He's a bit older. He's taking mm. on some race fit horses, and I think he's striking a field that's probably a little has a little bit more depth than what it had gone by. I mean, we'll just mention a couple of them. I, mean, I was really impressed with Namua. I thought um, she was fantastic winning the mile championship. She ran home in what thirty three seconds or something. Her last six hundred flat. Uh, you've got to be good to do that. She she looks all class, and I don't mind. I like Golden Sixty. I don't I don't know if the barrier is a massive problem for him. You probably would have liked nine, ten, or eleven, but he's going to be he's going to be back, and and at least it gives Vincent the option to come a little wider if he needs to. And same with Namua. But you know, it goes through the field. Like Beauty Eternal was good second up. Um, California Spangles a real query runner in this race. I don't know where he's at. Of course, he won this race last year. Not sure. I mean, he. I know he had an excuse last time out because they went quick and he was going to be vulnerable late. But gee, it was it's the worst run of his career. He's never mm. run a bad race. I don't. I, it was pretty disappointing for me. So can he bounce back? I mean, we know his class and quality, and he's he's been a couple legs off Golden Sixty. But I, I I'm not sure how you price him. You know, you could have him six dollars, or you could have him twenty six dollars. It's that sort of depends where you you, you want to think he's gonna or think he's gonna perform to, but. Um, I think of the locals outside, 60 Beauty Eternal run all right. I mean, he was solid enough. And 
think Encounter could be one for the exotics to throw in, but I, I think the Japanese, Namur in particular, was the one that I thought could threaten him. I'm going to tip Golden 60. I think he's the one to beat, but oh, I've just, I've, I'm a bit nervous for him because I feel that you know he's, he's, he's got a task ahead of him. Mm, absolutely. He's drawn 14 or 14, so he's obviously going to give them a bit of a head start. You would think that Vincent will be relatively negative out of the barriers. There's a positive and a negative to it, obviously. He won't be boxed in on the rails, but he's probably going to be spotting the lead at the best part of six lengths as they, they turn for home. I think he can get the job done. Um, I've obviously got the rose-coloured glasses on, but, gee, he's such a champion. I'll be backing him. I've already taken, taken $3, so he's on top for mine. Um, I thought Seraphos was a complete forgive last start in Japan. He had the big $3.20 SP. He was wide the trip and sort of faded out, but had every right to. Um, Namor was $17 last start. That, that's probably wrong, um, but I would have them second and third pick sort of respectively. I would be surprised if any of the Hong Kong horses beat Golden 60, especially California Spangle. Um, he's got a new jockey for the first time, Christoph Sumion and... Last start, he was extremely disappointing. Beauty Eternal, he doesn't do much wrong. He's an absolute ripper, but he obviously doesn't quite have the ceiling that Golden 60 has. So it's the champ on top for me from Seraphos and Namor. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a great result. I mean, we, I was doing the show with Shane Doyle in the week and just talking about it. He was getting emotional. I think he's come up, well, partly uh, to, to watch Golden 60. He's a huge fan, as we all are. So it'd be... Uh, it'd, the, the, Knock the roof off there at Chartin if he gets up and wins this. Yeah, for sure. Will Nico, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm, ha- I'm happy to have something on Golden Sixty, best horse in the race. Um, he's going to have to be though from Barrier Fourteen, but um, with what Hutch said earlier, with the uh, with that barrier position, it should should aid his cause being on a swoop, and I'm sure that it should be enough tempo on that. Um, like he so often does, he'll get there in the shadows, hopefully. Awesome, Will. I'm a ratings nerd with no ratings, so I'm uncomfortable. But just on <laughs> SP's um, Seraphos, like he started 320 in the Mile Championship first up and was wide, like you said. And um, he won the race last year, didn't he? Or is it nah, two he different races? Race. No, no, no. Like the, um, the oh, Mile the Mile Championship. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or was that two different races? Because that's a hand shin. But um, yeah, yeah. I think Damien Lane's one on him. He actually spoke quite highly yeah. said uh, the jockey got it in last start probably went forward and it wasn't the way to ride him but he'll he won't make that mistake this start and he knows he's good enough so there'll be no knock there yeah all right let's move on to the last uh the last of the group ones that is race eight the big one the long jeans hong kong cup 2000 meters group one romantic warrior is coming off obviously the cox plate win he's the two dollar fifty favorite from prognosis four dollars twenty Risham park the jap seven dollars luxembourg eight dollars Horizon Door from France, $8, and you're out to straight Aaron, $21, and longer the rest. Hutchie, uh, we've got, obviously, Romantic Warrior, who won the Cox Plate last. Uh, I, I probably thought he was 10%, 5 to 10% off his best, and he did a great job to still beat our best horses. What's the word? Has he come on from that, or are they still um, a bit behind? I don't know if he's come on from it. The, I, I think they're you – know, I did speak to James – after he trialled, I think it was about 10 days ago, and then it was along the lines of, oh, he's got another couple of gallops to go or something. So he wasn't giving a lot mm. away, but reading between the lines, I was thinking that's, you know, if they get off and, and they really pump them up, then, 
you know you know where you're at so it won't be easy for him i mean he's almost like an international all of a sudden again you know he hasn't had that home track sort of build up where you know all the hong kong horses have the advantage of being here being set for that race not that this was never part of the program it is but you're still traveling to australia you're still spending time in quarantine it still isn't the ideal sort of lead up in terms of your preparation what you do so um look he is a superstar as well he's got a great will to win i'm with you i thought he was just a cog below what he's capable of but you know it's not easy to go to anywhere in the world and and compete and beat them I, i think he's too short here i mean i felt that when they clashed with prognosis early in the year there wasn't going to be much between them and that was in the qe2 back in april i think even luck you know, it was, you know, a flip of the coin. I know that I know there was a couple of lengths margin in it, but I know Zach felt the same way when he rode prognosis in that race. They crawled and sprinted, and he was out the back and was beaten too. He came out of that race and blitzed them in the Sapporo Kinen, and then and then they backed off, giving him one run in the Sapporo Kinen behind Equinox, and we don't need to mention that form. But if you're running, it's as similar as this. If you're running third to that horse and Every horse, every race he goes around, and Equinox seems to be the highest rating race going around. So, you know, you're in pretty good, um, pretty good form. So, oh, look, once again, I'd love to see Romantic Warrior come back and win. I think it'd be great if he can, because I want to see more horses come to Australia and compete, and not and not be put off coming doing that. You know, uh, to coming back and winning. But gee, I think Prognosis has got a great chance. Yeah. So uh, a little interesting statistic I found from the. Hong Kong JC form guide. It's a great little tool. Last 29 runnings of the Hong Kong Cup, Barrier 7 has actually been the most successful barrier. Oh, I found that interesting. Romantic Warrior draws 7. We know the barrier doesn't really matter for him. He's got great gate speed. Uh, he won this race by four and a half lengths last year. I'm going to tip him on top. Um, I'm hoping he's the last leg of lots of multis and then I get to back <laughs> prognosis as well because I do think they are the main two. It's the main two that the market has sort of identified prognosis was obviously so unlucky behind romantic warrior sort of he split romantic warrior and dubai honor earlier in hong kong this year we know how good that form is so they're the, the main two for me horizon door is a real talent uh, a lot of its form is on sort of soft going but i thought it could be the place chance and luxembourg is actually equal rated in terms of international ratings with romantic warrior but i just get the feeling that luxembourg and uh highfield princess just won't suit the Hong Kong style of racing. That's just the gut feel I get, but he's a very good horse nonetheless. Yeah, I think Luxembourg, just quickly before the boys let us know what they like, I I, I look at the odds overseas on the fix, and I think, gee, he's a big price when you think mm, he's run yeah. second in a champion stake, Irish champion stakes, to uh, Gras Rodan, who's got uh, good form around the, the world. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he might... Not the forgotten horse because people are respecting him, but he might be the one that shortens a bit on the day. Yeah. Will? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Luxembourg. He's sort of five dollars and pushed August Rodan, who's who's won the Breeders' Cup turf since. And um, the other one is Horizon Door, who started five dollars in the with the Champion Stakes at Ascot. So that's good form and like on time form ratings. Just so Romantic Warrior run like one two five. Luxembourg, or one two five, one two six, whatever it was, I can't remember. Um, but just like generally, in Luxembourg's, he's about the same. Like he started three dollar favorite in the Prince of Wales, uh, mm. um, three starts ago. So 
yeah, like his his limit is two thousand meters, so it's a perfect, it's a nice scenario for him. Every, every time he gets past um, up to twenty four hundred meters, he doesn't doesn't quite get the trip, and um, and he'll probably go forward from barrier ten, I'd imagine. Um, and Horizon Door gets an inside barrier, so they probably want to push forward as well. So, um, yeah, the, what the, like eight dollars is general sort of price. I think they're both that sort of prices. I don't think yeah, you can do both eight dollars. They are, but yeah, yeah. Nico, thoughts? Um, I would like to see Romantic Warrior uh, win and frank the form for Australia, and as Hutch said, entice more uh, Hong Kong horses to come over uh, to Australia and run. But yeah, um, I do have a lot of respect for prognosis, so um, I want to have nice collects for both horses. I think is the way I'm going to play yeah. that. No real, no real side that I'm going to be on. I'm just going to sit on the fence with splinters in my ass, and hopefully I'll win both ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, a few of those horses. I mean, I think the Hong Kong, I think Hong Kong generally, and a lot of those races will with a tote will be uh, shorter on the locals. So that's just something to bear in mind. You'll probably, uh, you, some of the uh, internationals might be uh, be better prices on those um, with all the support for the, the locals. It might change yeah. up a bit late when the bigger teams sort of, you know, altered a little bit, but I'd expect the locals to be right behind the uh, the charge here. So they're 250 and 420 right now, Hutch. What price do you think they'll sort of start? Or you don't, it's hard to say without... Yeah, I, I think Golden Sixties are one that'll probably be uh, even shorter. Romantic Warrior, he'll, uh, I think he'll be close to. I wouldn't surprise me if he was closer to two early in the tote betting, and then when they're closer to jump, maybe the bigger teams and some of the professionals will mop up the that price about prognosis late, and they might even out a little bit. Yeah. It's hard to judge, but that's what I wouldn't be surprised at. Okay, yeah. Hutch, do you have a uh, a best sort of best or a best value in a? And a lay it all. I keep that to well, the subs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I have the, the supporting races. I'm doing the form today, but one horse I, I have been backing, and I think it'd be very hard to beat. Race three, number nine, which is Global Harmony. That's on the support card. Um, as far as the international races again, I'm very keen on Lucky Swainess, and I'm, I know I'm putting a bit of faith in him. Uh, picked up since his last run, but I think um, he might be ready now and. He'll be short, but I'm hoping he'll be hard to beat. I think the best value, the bigger, you know, Seraphos seems a big price, doesn't it? Um, mm. You know, if you if you trust that mile and the SP that you mentioned, plus the mile championship from last year and the fact that he wasn't ridden great last start, he might be a bit of overs. Yeah, awesome, love it. All right, we've just got two questions. Isaac Fry, what horse will make us billions? Hopefully it's Golden 60 or Global Harmony as... Hutch has mentioned, and we've actually got a question from the one Mick Sharkey, Hutch. Oh. He said, uh, ask Hutch what his favourite one try story was. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll leave that one for another day. <laughs> that might have to be, you, you, you might not be able to replay that on the And there's part two to that question because he knew that was the answer you were going to give. Yeah. The second. What's part two? The, the part two is. Let me get it up. I thought you had it there, Benny. Um, no, I didn't have the part two. But then ask him to recommend his best go-to bar in one chai. Oh, anyone that's open, boys, just find it and enjoy. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love it. Uh, Hutch, we'll give you a quick opportunity to plug your stuff here. Obviously, oh, yeah. the, 
Thank you. Triple Trio yeah, Podcast on well, Spotify. And where can people find uh, Hutchie's Honkers? www.hutchieshonkers.com. We price every race. We have all our analysis for the day. And, yeah, you know, download. I think we get a couple of weeks free when you first sign up. So try it out. Hopefully you uh, get a few collects and can be part of the team. Awesome. And and the podcast, The Triple Trio, with obviously Richo and Shane Dye, that'll be out sometime today? Yeah, we that, it, was, it took a little bit longer to put it all together here because we were out of our comfort zone. We normally record out at seven in, um, in Melbourne, but uh, the boys have been working feverishly and I think they've finally uh, put it all together. So that should be out very, very shortly. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. We know you're a hard man to catch this week. Oh, yeah. Well, well I'm sorry for uh, delaying the uh, the original time, <laughs> but uh, we made it in the end, boys. No, no worries at all. Thank you Beautiful. very much. Thanks, and Hutch. I'm going to put you on the spot one last time. Where We like our outro songs here on this podcast, and we know right. you're a bit of a groover. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know you you like your dance moves, so give us a song to end our podcast on. To end the pod cup, and, oh okay, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I I like a bit of Rolling Stones. Why don't we go a little bit of uh, Start Me Up? Start Me Up. There it is, playing <laughs> yeah. right now. Thanks, Hutch, and uh, good luck this Sunday. Hopefully, we might have a have a beer afterwards. Cheers. Good on you, boys. <laughs>